Welcome to Beyond the Crops, the podcast where we share the real and raw behind the scenes of conventional farming and what it's like to raise a family on America's backroads. I'm MP. In this episode, my co-host Jenna and I talk about the wrap-up of our planting seasons, what it's like to travel out of the country with multiple kids in tow, and our thoughts on the upcoming weeks of our growing seasons. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Jenna. Hello. Long time no see. It's, I feel like this is going to be better. So we were experiencing some lag on our last recording studio. Uh I feel like I can, this seems better so far. Yay. I'm not interrupting you as much. (laughs) Yeah, I hope I didn't feel like you were interrupting me. So no hard feelings, but I don't think the leg was on your end though. I think it was on my end. Oh, God, God bless rural internet. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to catch up today. We've had a lot happen in the last bit since we haven't talked. So give me a, give me an update. What have you been up to? Well, we were like uh, full force um, getting all the things ready because we went to Mexico last week. And so we just got home like two days ago. Uh, we went with, we took all of our children traveling internationally. Oh, <laughs> it went pretty smooth. Uh, we almost diverted to the hospital when we had our layover in Houston. Layover, I use lightly. We had one hour in Houston before we connected to Puerto Vallarta. And like five minutes after getting off the plane, Crawford fell off his like pushing a suitcase around and fell and wonked his head and had a goose egg the size of the golf ball. I'm I'm a nurse. I it's a kind of I usually like buff it out. You're fine, buddy. I was I had a slight moment of panic. <laughs> and you I sent me a picture. Yeah. I was floored at how big that golf ball size nugget was on his head. Yeah. So he's with Levi. Levi's on the phone. Weird. He's like trying to figure out last minute things (laughs) because he doesn't know if his phone's going to work in Mexico. And back up a little bit. So we, on Sunday night, we stayed the night in the bigger town that's closer to the airport. We were going to like leave right after church, go have a nice casual afternoon, go to bed early, go get on the plane the next morning. That didn't happen. Levi's like, you know what? There's one pivot. I just feel like I should start before we leave. So he runs and starts it and he calls me and he's like, um, the motor lit on fire. (laughs) He was like, I just went to start the pivot and the motor just burst into flames. I was like, what in the world? I'm like, what are we going to do? It's a Sunday. We don't even work on, we usually don't even irrigate on Sundays, but he just wanted to get this done before we left. And poor man, he literally was working till midnight every day that week. And the night before he'd put, moved everything around in our big storage shop. So like all the equipment was put away. And he's like, I have a replacement motor that they, somebody can come set for us, but I have to get it out. And it's literally in the back of that shop. So (laughs) he had to come home and get literally every piece of equipment we own out of the shop, like the sprayer, the combine, multiple tractors, all the things. And to get that motor out and then put everything back. So it was just like frustrating. It's like, we feel like when we're trying to leave for a trip, we can't win and all the, all the things go wrong. That is awful. Holy mackerel. It was kind of dumb. We were like ready for vacation at that point. So we get there. I don't (laughs) know. So Levi's on the phone trying to make sure somebody's going to come set that motor. I walking off the airplane later because I stopped to get the car seat that was gate checked. And then I just see Crawford like tumble off this suitcase. And by the time I got to Crawford to pick him up, the goose egg was literally the size of a golf ball. I was like, oh, no. 
So I texted some of my friends and I was like, tell me he doesn't need to go to the hospital. And I was like, right. uh, oh my gosh. In the, the airport staff is coming over and they're like, we'll call 911. We'll get a paramedic here. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't call 911. Like, do you have a paramedic in house? No, we just call 911 and they take him to the hospital. They take his vitals and take him to the hospital. I'm like, uh, pump the brakes. And then a couple yes. of my friends immediately texted back with pictures of their boys with similar goose eggs. <laughs> And they were just like, it's boy mom life. Boy mom life. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> that that's those are the types of friends that you need. Holy yeah. mackerel! Like they came to the rescue because you guys oh, yeah. totally would have missed your flight. And I'm like, I have. Oh yeah, because we. So then we we're, we're all starving. So Stetson and I run to get food. And then my mother in law calls me because all right, by some act of God, my. <laughs> in-laws changed their trip date. And so they were on our same flight on the way there, which ended up being the biggest blessing. And um, yeah. then she calls me and she's like, Jenna, they're paging Levi Stetson and Crawford. They need to rescan their passports because something's not right. And we're like, <laughs> so Stetson and I grabbed some pizza and we're sprinting back to the gate to rescan their passports. And they're like, well, we don't know. It's saying there's duplicate information. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just please, please let us get on this flight. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And they got it figured out. It ended up being fine, but it's a whole nother story about even getting a passport for an infant in such a short amount of time. That was like a deal in of itself. So I'm like, we're getting on this flight because the passport showed up in time. (laughs) So how, okay. You guys went for a wedding, right? Yes. Levi's cousin got married. So the whole auctioner side of his family was there. It was a ton of fun. They had 95 people travel down there for their wedding. In Mexico. That is insane. It was wow. it was a it, the boys were the ring bearers. Um, yeah. Crawford <laughs> isn't the best <laughs> ring bearer, but he's cute. <laughs> it's that second child, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. It was relaxing. We're glad we took the kids. And Levi even said, You were right. Because when we first got the save the date, Levi was like, uh, that's a terrible time of year. And we're going to have a new baby. And I agreed. And honestly, it's easy to travel with the baby. It's the two-year-old I was concerned about. But then when we found out, literally his grandparents, his aunts and uncles, his cousins, I said, Levi, your grandparents are over 80 and they can still travel to Mexico. Like you are so blessed. We, If we Mm -hmm. don't try to make this trip, we're going to look back someday and really regret it. So we decided to go. And then he was touch and go about it. And then it didn't look like we were going to get Walker's passport in time. So he was kind of being negative about the whole thing. But then once we got down there and he relaxed, he was like, I'm really glad we came. So it was, it was really good for all of us to get away. I mean, the universe was totally working against you, Yeah, <laughs> but you guys made it down there. Literally. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. I'm like, this is just on brand for us. And then oh. so honestly, our kids flew pretty well, but when Crawford hit his head, he was already tired and hungry because we woke up at 4.30 that morning. And mm. the first flight, he was like living his best life, having so much fun. And then the second flight, he well, he just honestly screamed for the first 25 minutes. Like we were oh, those people oh on the plane that nobody wanted to sit by because he screamed for literally 20 minutes until he fell asleep. And then he just slept the whole time. I had texted the pediatrician and I was like, I said, what do I watch for? What's worst case scenario? And he was like, worst yeah. case scenario, he has the subdural bleed. I'm like, well, what do I watch for? And he said, if he's super lethargic. And I was like, well, he's been up since 4.30. He's really tired. Mm-hmm. And he said, he can nap, but you're going to know. Like there's a difference between napping and lethargy. So yeah, he napped good. He woke up and was like, we're in Mexico? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and he had a good time the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was yeah. – they – 
I mean, the sun, the water, it's a lot. They played yeah. hard, swam hard. We'd nap every day, but like the first night we went out to eat at the resort and like they both fell asleep at dinner. So. <laughs> oh man. They were just so tired. How was the trip then, home? Um, honestly, pretty smooth. Like no complaints, Good. which is surprising because if you followed me on Instagram, you know, like the last four times Levi and I have traveled via air, something's gone wrong. Like a flight's gotten delayed. <laughs> They've shut the doors in front of us and didn't let us on the flight, even though we were there. Lose our bags. Like all of the dumb things have happened. So we were like bracing ourselves. We're like, okay. Lord, please let this go smooth with three small children. And it really did go pretty well. When we went through customs in Mexico, I was nervous. I'm like, okay, boys, you have to stay close. You have to listen. Like, it's very serious. And there was a lot of flights that got in at once. So they were like moving. And we're like seeing other people that are there for the wedding. And Crawford's showing his bum head to everybody. And (laughs) there's like... And one of Levi's cousins got to Dallas and forgot her passport back in Omaha. So she had to like oh, stay in Dallas. Gosh. There was like all these stories happening in customs. And uh, we're kind of a hot mess because our kids are now there and excited and it's hot. And <laughs> they keep like opening up these other lines to go through customs. And then you – so we keep getting like shoved around to like pass a bunch of people, which was so nice. And then mm-hmm. usually they're like – you usually get in line and you send your bags through this big x-ray machine before you enter the country. And this guy was watching us in our big struggle and he was just like, come here. And he was just like, welcome to Mexico and like let us through. <laughs> that – that was amazing, I bet, that, after everything yeah. you guys had been through, to have that nice welcome. Oh, it was. I was like, thank you, sir. We so appreciate this. He was probably like, can I give you a hug? people need out of the airport ASAP. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. It makes me oh. not want to go anywhere with my kids ever. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Wait, we joke. It went body, well, so. but I'm like, you know, everybody on Instagram jokes what era they're in right now. And I'm like, until our kids are out of their screams on airplanes era, we're probably not going to do that again. (laughs) We'd like to take a minute to thank our launch sponsor, Precision Planting. We've just wrapped up our planting season and I asked my husband how he thought it went. A few of his notes were it went super smooth, no major breakdowns, which is a huge blessing. I asked what he felt has been a major contributor to things working well on the planter. And he said without hesitation, Delta Force. Consistent depth is the most important thing you can do when you plant, and Delta Force gives consistent, accurate downforce on every row. It also has quick response to changing conditions in the field, and I can attest that our emergence looks great this year. We've had consistent ground truth depth and several fields that have emerged within 48 hours of the first plants coming out of the ground. Thank you, Precision Planting, for offering farmers great products that actually help us improve our operations and for believing in the launch of our podcast. Literally, we got back from Mexico. Levi's been irrigating full force, which I'll talk about that. But what? give us an update on you first. Okay, so honestly, I kind of feel really disheveled today. It's We're coming off the busy season. I am like where, what am I supposed to do right now? (laughs) Um, when, when you texted me the picture of Crawford's bum head, I texted you back a picture of a really bad flat tire I had last week. We were just, it was not our day last Monday was not our day. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to catch my breath. And, um, honestly this planting season, I kind of feel like I had an out of body experience a little bit and I'm just waking up from it. Like what the heck happened? (laughs) Like, you, you know, I don't know. I, so I'm just trying to get back into a routine and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm currently in the, 
we have all of our winter clothes and I don't know where half of our summer stuff is and it's like 90 degrees. So I'm trying to do all that oh, stuff yeah. at home. I mean, I had yeah. gotten our summer clothes out for our trip, but like the winter clothes are not necessarily put away. And so everybody's closets are overstimulating to me right now. Yes. It's too much, Same. too much stuff. Yeah. Yep. It. Yeah. I just feel like I'm catching my breath because oh, like I said, we had, we've been in the field through like Wednesday last week. We're back in the field again today. And I can talk about that a little later too. <laughs> but then like right after we were done, I started back into my cheese business. So in the summertime, I have these small farm markets that we stock every other week. And my first order was last week. So we went up, me and Hank went up and got the order and stocked the cheese stores. But it's like a, it's like two full days of, okay, focus on cheese. Mm-hmm. And so it, I just don't think I was ready because I hadn't caught my breath yet. And I, I like yesterday or a couple days ago, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can so. do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every yeah, morning anyway. I make my kids do affirmations and the one of them is I can do hard things. So maybe, maybe you should add that to your morning routine. I can do hard things. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the first morning I feel like I actually had a routine was today. I woke up early enough to get some work done and I like did a devotion and it just made me feel like this is going to be a good day. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Yeah. It, I thrive on routine as well. And like I have to exercise in the mornings. I have to get up before my kids and exercise. Otherwise, everybody's day is terrible. So it's good to have those life-giving things in the morning. I was actually just telling Josh how I think it would benefit me and my mental health to get back into like a regular workout routine. But I am terrible at waking up and working out right away. Like I need to drink my coffee and read mm. or answer email, like low key stuff, but like physical, I, it's a big change for me to do that right away in the morning, but it does start your day off amazingly. I've done it a few times, but that is funny because the thought of answering emails at five 30, when I wake up instead of exercising, <laughs> like, I think I'd like rather put salt in my eyes. Like that sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I have to be like alert and ready and not tired to do emails. But I can't be tired to work out. So I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Just drink a little pre-workout. I'll send you a link. I got a discount code even. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Seriously. Yeah. It, does it make you jittery? Um, a little. Start with a half a scoop. Okay, what is it? Tell tell me what it is. I want to oh, know. I'm like blanking the name of it. Upper limit, upper limit supplements. It's like a women-owned company and they like designed pre-workout and protein and stuff for women. Okay. And it's What's delicious. your code in case somebody else wants to use it? Who's so listening? it's uh, Jenna, just my name, J-E-N-A. J-E-N-A. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's it? Just Jenna? Just Jenna. That's super easy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up because I yeah. I could use something. I'll put a link in the show notes. How about that? That's great. That That's nice. I like that. So yeah, I feel like we're... We're actually, and I can't even say this to you because I know your situation, but we are in a period of time where we haven't had rain for a little while. <laughs> I can't even say that to you. You're going to say, no, that's okay. But so crop wise, we are replanting today because it was super weird. It's a very small area. Some, a lot of times when we have to replant, it's more than this. But what happened was we planted and stuff did get pounded rain on, but it was a very, few like it was a very small area so only a couple fields but we got crusting surface crusting oh so yeah. uh just a couple fields we did try to rotary hoe it 
which is like picking at the ground to break up the crust. And it didn't do it. Dang. And it wasn't even that much rain. It was only like. But it was I just think, hard and fast. Yeah, like two tenths uh-huh. or something. But it was oh, enough wow. to pound it in and then it got hot and baked the ground. And so, yeah, that's we're doing a, that's a little like bit like pretty that. much the amount of rain we had since January. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give it's us not funny. an update. <laughs> I know you guys. I can't even imagine what you're going through right now. It's so, so tell us about it dry it's so dry all right before we left for mexico well levi spent a lot of time getting all of the pivots running we actually ran most of them before we planted because it was that dry and levi was like i want to make sure the pivot's working so that when i plant i can run it and there's actually moisture to germinate the seed because one of the pivots it took six days to get it running because like they just it's a big piece of machinery and they sit there all winter long and our winters aren't exactly gentle and so you got to like work the kinks out with the pivots, their first circle around. Mm -hmm. And so super dry. We've gotten like literally no rain. It, it rained last night and I woke up and I was like, an answered prayer. Like, this is amazing. It sounded like such a good rain. And it was like a quarter inch, which we're thankful for. We're not complaining about, but before we left for Mexico, our agronomist said, or I think Levi actually talked to him when we were in Mexico and Levi was like, tell me, just rip off the bandaid. How's the dry land? And he said, if the dry land doesn't get a good rain within a week, it's, it's dying. It's done. Like zero bushel per acre going to come off the dry land. Mm-hmm. Now that is terrible. We're lucky because we do have pivots. A lot of stuff is irrigated, but you still kind of want those dry land. The, the, the just It's scary for everybody because not everybody has right. irrigation. And there will be a lot of acres that if they do die because there is still like a lot of dry land acres, I guess is what I'm getting at. So there could still be a good portion of the crop for people that literally yield zero, zero bushels an acre. So I asked Levi, I said, okay, what's the worst dry land yield you've ever had. And in 2012, which was actually the year we started dating, he got done harvesting super early, like September 30th, because it was so wow. dry and everything burned up quick. And so I was still in college. And so I'm like, this is great. You can like come to Husker games with me because he wasn't in the field. So like, let's, let's date, let's have fun. And, uh, obviously I got married to him and that is not how every harvest goes, <laughs> but That year, I think he said that year, the dry land, he thinks yielded like 15 to 18 bushels an acre, which is like literally nothing. Like you need way more than Mm -hmm. that to even break even. And, uh, but they had some spring rains that year. They've, his, he talked to his dad and grandpa this morning actually. And they both said literally in all of their years of farming, which that's two generations ahead of us. That's a lot of decades. Uh, this is the driest spring that they can remember. Mm, that like is literally you'd have dry crazy. years and like where maybe the crop burned up later in the year, but you still had something, but they've never seen it this dry this early. Yeah. And our last few winters have been almost no snow. So then That's, you don't even have like that moisture yeah. in the ground coming off of winter. Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm thinking we we're not like super dry yet, but Josh was talking about how in 2012 was also a drought here. And I mean, that's like the worst crop that they've had for a while, but I don't know. It's, it takes a lot to get to that point. And at, at a certain amount of bushels, like you can't even pay for the combine to roll across. No, uh, uh-uh. you're not breaking. I should ask what that is. Harvest. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like at, at some point you probably do just 
I don't know, chop it for silage if it's even worth that. I mean, there's no cob there so that you don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what, and if it's too dry for silage, like, will mm-hmm. cows even eat it? I mean, they will right. a little bit, but it's not the same nutrient value as like right. the right moisture. So, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm thinking about you guys and everybody that's been experiencing drought. I know. I, it's sad and it's like, uh, what, like embracing ourselves, but we do have irrigation. So I wanted to say too, the, the, the why, how big of a difference the rain makes. So in 2012, there was literally like 15 bushel corn per acre. And in 2019, we had a lot of timely rains and our dry, Levi said our dry land yielded like 240. So like that's the difference that can happen because of rain, like 15 Mm. bushels an acre, 240 bushels an acre. That's like you're losing money or you're actually making decent money on your dry land. So there's Mm -hmm. like such a, the rain's important (laughs) for sure. Yes. And you guys are in a totally different starting point than us, like starting out so dry. Mm -hmm. But I do know like earlier dryness like this, like if the rain were to turn on, we could still have amazing crops because early dryness isn't nearly as bad as like tassel time dryness or or like massive growth stage dryness. So, I mean, there is like a glimmer of hope, but right now Uh the forecast isn't showing us that. Right. So we actually, when we got home, I looked at the forecast, I took a screenshot of it and there was a chance of rain every day this week. And so far we've gotten one tiny little rain. So, and they've already taken out the chance for two days later in the week. So we actually, when it's, it's, it's kind of a sick joke. Like when we see a forecast for rain, we kind of just laugh and we're like, okay, not going to get our hopes up. Honestly, it will drive you crazy. Like I've been looking to in the 10 day, cause we're starting to get some fields that are looking a little pineapple around here. And it's like looking at the forecast and one day there'll be a 30% chance, but then they'll take it away and then they'll put it back and then they'll take it away. And you're like, I can't even look at this anymore. It's like they're just, somebody's on their keyboard, just like chopping away and like that's what percentage shows up oh we'll take it like you know what i mean it's just crazy yeah we have we haven't had big chances either like i think 30 percent is what we've had mm-hmm. yeah so. 30 50 we had a 70 percent chance they took it away so we just like oh okay. goodness okay <laughs> so are you guys irrigate you said you got home and you're irrigating now oh yeah he started all of the pivots yesterday uh, cause we got home Saturday night. He actually, we could literally got home from the airport at like 10 30. He helped me get the boys inside and immediately went and started starting pivots at 10 30 at night. He's like, there's just mm. a couple that I feel like I need to get a jump start on because we don't, we don't farm on Sunday. So then he knew we weren't going to do anything the next day. So then yesterday was a big day getting all of the pivots running today. He went down to our summer pastures. We also hauled our cows to pasture like right before we left. And so yeah. he's like, I need to go see the cows, make sure they're okay. Spray some must thistles. That's a whole other job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been busy around here. We're glad we took yeah. the vacation, but it's definitely work very hard to play hard a little bit. <laughs> it's hard to leave anytime oh, yeah. during the growing season for you guys, especially with all the irrigation. Uh-huh. So, Yikes. Well, you spoke of cows, so I have to tell you that my cow had her baby. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I did. I really, un- I haven't even been on Instagram since before we left for Mexico, yeah. but I, I never, I haven't posted anything. I've checked on a few things and I did see that your cow had her calf. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. She's, I mean, obviously it's really different. It's like, she's like a pet. It's not even right. like production, but right. 
It was, I was kind of a nervous new mom. I was like, is your milk okay? <laughs> is this all going I good mean, for you? I mean, even with great. a larger herd, Levi is always thinking, like always making sure that they're up and sucking, that the milk does come in. Like, I mean, that's important things yeah. to watch for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. It was different for me because I grew up on the dairy farm. So you don't really get concerned about the mom being a good mother. And there, there's something to be said about dairy cows not being great mothers and she has been. I was so nervous, though. I was like, please care Yay. for this calf because I don't think I and can. And I mean, a she's baby. a heifer. And those first, we always, we yep. have our heifers separately. Like they're in their own watch pen because they need all the extra looked after yep. because sometimes they have a baby and they don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. And she had no trouble, which I was so thankful for. And, you know, of course, like watching for the placenta and everything, just, yeah. I never actually saw it because the pasture is like big enough where you can't actually see everywhere they've been. Right. But- She's good. She's yay. That's exciting. Good. Someday we'll yeah. have a pet cow. I've always joked about having one like mama cow that just stays in our yard and grazes the lawn, so I don't have to mow it. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're hopefully going to put them in our backyard once we get some kind of a shelter up for them. But so it, she will be. I mean she is a pet, but we are raising her to grow like a production herd. But her first calf was a heifer, so we're going to keep growing her the herd. Keep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotta start somewhere. Hey everyone, it's MP. I wanted to take a second and say thank you for listening to our podcast. Jenna and I have really been enjoying working together on this and your support fuels our fire to keep producing episodes each week. We want to thank you with a special giveaway for listening. Leave us a review and I'll be picking a winner for a special summer gift box at the end of this month. One of the things in the box is a custom 40-ounce straw tumbler I'll be engraving, along with some extra goodies I'll add in. Thanks again for your listens, reviews, and shares. We couldn't do this without you. So you guys, the last time we talked, were you done planting? I don't think you were. I think we were both wrapping it up. Probably. I, we finished like literally right before we left. There was a yeah. lot of things that happened right before we left, including finishing planting. So did your dry land germinate then? Or what's it looking like? Not, I mean, yeah, most of it emerged. Okay. But it's not looking good. Like you can see when you drive by a field, you can see the like definitive line on the pivot corner, what's getting watered, what's not. And yeah. yes, that generally happens at some point during the season because we don't always get enough rain usually don't but this early it's like almost eerie it's like oh my goodness there's already crops dying and they're not even there's not even a canopy yet so right um is there crop insurance for drought i guess we should we're gonna have a whole episode with levi on this if he yes we are (laughs) i asked that question i was like so it literally gets zero bushels per acre we're insured on that right and he said yes we are they insure dry land and irrigated separately and that's a whole deal that levi can talk about but you have like an aph which is like Mm -hmm. basically it's i know what this means i know what the it's average Average of like five years, 10. It's a 10 10? year APH that we use. Um, So it's like the average yield over the last 10 years. So you have like an irrigated APH and you have a dry land APH. And so he said that like our dry land is insured up to, I think, like 100 to 120 bushels an acre. I think. Don't quote me. So if you have a zero, 
But if you have a zero bushel yield, does that mean that that in, that gets incorporated into your APH? So and next like year, new, yes. The, so yeah. our, like if we oh. have a zero yield next year, our APH will be a lot lower because of that zero bushel. Maybe that's there's crazy. some sort of protection there. I don't know. That's a good question for Levi because Levi is a licensed crop insurance agent. And so he knows all those things. Uh, yeah. We need to have him on because I think will. that is something I don't understand. I think Josh definitely has a better understanding because he's the one signing the contracts and stuff, but it would be really interesting to pick his brain and learn more. And I think every state can be a little bit different and then different counties within the state too, because like you have to certify, we farm in multiple multiple counties and you have to like certify acres in each county. So he'll Mm. have, those would be good questions for Levi in the future. I also have a friend who does crap insurance, but I feel like if we got both of them on, it would be like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She, She does our crop insurance, but it's definitely a lot over my head. So yeah. Okay. What stage is your crop at right now? Oh, don't ask me that. I just got back from vacation. Oh, you haven't, haven't been looked ha- at the field. Okay. <laughs> I've been, Do you know what yours are home. Yeah. Yeah. So we had such a wide planting window that it's all over the board. I haven't, I need to go check on some beans tomorrow, but I did sa- see some corn at V3, which I just feel like we got done planting and holy crap, it's almost going to be side dress season. And our corn is at V3, which is already the time where you're setting the number of kernels around on the ear. <laughs> right. That's, you didn't know that? V3 to V5, I believe. Right. Isn't it crazy that that's determined so early? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's, we're already getting into the in-season management of it, which I feel like normally we get maybe a week and a half or two weeks to get the crop to catch up, but it's just like, we're already there. We need to be watching it close. So that's there. And you say like, we barely got done planting. We're already going in. There's with farming. I feel like it's laughable that we say like, oh, it's just a bad time of year. It's always a bad time of year. That was my argument about this vacation is Levi was like, it's a really bad time of year, Jenna. And I was like, Levi, give me a good time of year then. Tell me, tell me. Mm-hmm. when it rains because yeah. you can't plan a vacation on when it rains because <laughs> we literally go from like fertilizing to planting irrigating side dressing all that in season management like you said and then it's literally time for harvest because that takes up the whole summer and then it, like the, the vicious cycle starts over yep we do get i would say when i plan anything it's like the end of july or august and we actually got married july 30th very intentionally to go between the crazies of the seasons. But and so, now that we also have irrigation, it's still, we're still out there doing stuff too. We got married June 20th, which wasn't, I mean, th- like, again, we wanted a summer wedding and it, there wasn't a good time. So we just like, honestly picked a date. We we're actually supposed to get married in May, but my brother was in, a, oh, oh my God. The, <laughs> my brother was in the Navy and he was deployed at the time and he was supposed to get to come home for the wedding. But then his like, they call it like chit papers, C-H-I-T. I did not say a bad word that like, I don't know, it's a military <laughs> thing to like get your leave or something. I don't know. I'm not well versed in it. So if you or your spouse are in the military and you're laughing at me right now, just like, no, I'm not trying to be ignorant. Anyways, his leave didn't get approved. And so he couldn't come home and I was going to be devastated if my own brother couldn't make our wedding. So we changed it to June 20th. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And you should like the most important people should be there to celebrate with you and your brother is yeah. really important to you. So yeah. And then it rained the week of our wedding and everybody came because <laughs> we were not expecting that many people. Cause we're like, Oh, it's everybody's oh going to be goodness. in the field irrigating. No, it's not, like over mm-hmm. 600 people came. 
<gasps> Jenna. <laughs> you guys are insane. I thought I, I had know. a lot with like 200 and it no. felt overwhelming. I cannot okay. imagine three times. I have a big family. I have my mom is one of 12. I one of 13. Oh my goodness. The, that's a lot. My dad's side of the family is also very large. I have 40 first cousins. Wow. Like let that Plus sink their in. spouses. Like, so yeah, it was over and, half family and then small town and like crop insurance yes. business, all the clients, all the, like, like uh, most, a lot of the town got invited because Levi's family's like great friends with a lot of people in the community. So there was a lot. We had great support at our wedding. It was a ton of fun. <laughs> I guess it helped that Josh and I didn't come from the same area because we did it at my hometown. So it was mm-hmm. probably harder for people to travel and yeah, we had the most like grandparents. It was amazing to have grandparents there, you know, now that some oh, yeah. of them are already gone. So it's just right. like great to think back and be thankful that they were able to come. But yeah, not 600. I cannot. Yeah. So they served imagine. food to over 600 people. We know that not everybody ate though, because some people came later <laughs> or this or that. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And we were, I, I was fresh out of college. So like all of my friends, like half my sorority came, like, you know, it was just... <laughs> We were in a phase of life where we still had so many connections. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I don't know. I feel like if there's any message to share today to the fellow farm wife, it's that if you're feeling a little bit weird right now, that's normal. It's normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I even think getting into like making dinner every night again is hard for me. Like, what do I even cook? I don't remember how. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to Costco later. So I'm like, uh, Costco rotisserie chicken it is tonight. <laughs> That's great. What maybe I think some ideas maybe through the summer we could share some of our recipes on here, like some of the different things we're cooking. But I do love so, summer when we can get some fresh stuff in the recipes. one of my favorite things to make, especially in the summer, because it's just a fun we like we grill, we grill year-round. We'll grill in a snowstorm, we don't care. Uh but <laughs> Like a bur- you sometimes I just get sick of like a regular old burger and I like to spice it up. So this I have this spinach and feta burger recipe. It's <gasps> I have it on my Instagram. It's a reel and it's so good. And it's just like so fresh. And I don't eat it on a bun. I eat it on like a bed of lettuce with some feta cheese and a vinaigrette or something. It's delicious. That's one of my favorite summer recipes. I I remember you shared that and I need to find it again because I think about it and then I'd never have spinach on hand. I don't know. It's just not a lettuce that we buy. So right. I I buy it like intentionally for that. I'll buy like a huge bag of it and I'll get like, okay, I'm going to make the spinach and feta burgers. I'll make spaghetti or lasagna and always chop up some spinach when you brown the meat. That's it cooks down. They don't even know it's there. So yeah, I'm excited to try that. And I should probably get your hands on some of the fresh feta from the cheesery because well, it actually might ruin the other fetos for you. So I don't oh, know. Oh, no. Should. That makes me sad because I really like feta. I mean, I want to try it, but I don't want to ruin <laughs> all I don't the think other it feta. Will. I, it won't. So I like, didn't like the cheese whips are life, but I still eat other mozzarella too, you know? Yeah. And I never liked feta until this feta. So okay. I think oh. it's maybe me too. I, it's it kind of an block. acquired taste. It's kind of an acquired taste. And one of my favorite summer things to do with feta is mix it with uh, chopped tomatoes and basil and a balsamic glaze. Yes. Mm. Yum. I could literally eat that every single day of my life and be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think we should definitely incorporate some meal inspiration to get everybody hyped for the summer. Definitely. 
and give yourself grace as you try to get back into some bit of regularity. Yeah. (laughs) Even though, like you said, it never slows down. It doesn't. And we try to keep a decent bedtime, but it's hard in the summer with kids when it's still light Mm -hmm. out. Like after our trip, they were exhausted. So we made them go to bed at 730, which is kind of their normal bedtime during the year. And Stetson's like, it's still light out. I'm like, I know, but just trust me, you're tired. (laughs) Yep. Hank has that same thing now where he's old enough to be like, it's not bedtime. The light, the sun is still out. Like, Uh You're not going to bed at 930, kid. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Then the whole family will pay for it tomorrow if you do. Yep. So Um, I guess the message from this just lighthearted growing season life catch up is that uh, it's you can leave during a busy time of year. It's necessary. And that if you just get your farmer off the farm, he'll probably thank you eventually because Levi was so genuinely thankful that we got away together as a family and that we did leave the farm, even though it was a busy time of year. I Well, I kind of was going to add something to what you were going off of, which was like, it caused him to think outside of the box. Like you, oh. he found someone else to get the motor for the irrigation, uh-huh. you know, like stuff that our guys might think that they're the only person that can do it. Like it caused him to figure it out. And he did. Oh, absolutely. and that's not something I feel like because we often bend to what the farm needs, they don't have to do that very much. Right. They don't. You know? And Levi also feels this incredible sense of responsibility. Like this is my responsibility who am I to ask somebody else to help me? But then before our mm-hmm. trip, I had to remind him that do friends help ask you for help? Do neighbors ask you for help? Yes. Do you help them? Of course he does. So I'm like, it's the same thing. Nobody, we're leaving for mm-hmm. five days. It's not that big of a deal. We can ask for help. And so he did and he had things lined up and I think it was good for him to realize, okay, this is possible. And that we had such a positive experience. Like that was good for my family. That needs to happen more often. Not that we're going to yeah. take our kids internationally very often, but we can do other things leaving the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something we have to work on too. I mean, for both of us, I just have a hard time too. It's like leaving is hard. It is hard. There's a lot to keep us busy here, mm-hmm. but it is good to get away and to disconnect and to be give yourself time to reconnect, which and I feel like when, everybody needs. When all these things are going wrong right before we leave, it's like – are we supposed to stay home or is the devil trying to rob us of something that's so great? So that was something that we both kind of had to work through too. Well, that's a beautiful message to share. Like, yeah, no, you can. Yeah. And I love that, that you said that. So I'm almost eight years into being a farm wife and I convinced my husband to leave during a very busy time of year and it was great for the whole family. So it's feasible. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Beyond the Crops. Remember to subscribe for notifications when new episodes drop every Tuesday. Leave us a review for a chance to win this month's giveaway and find us outside of the podcast on our social channels linked in the show notes. See you next time.